The final frontier begins. This is about saving the future of humanity. This is a huge victory for the good guys. You've never seen Voyager. Commitment to this course of action is not emotional. Study! Beam us up. Welcome to another episode of Beam Me Up, a Star Trek podcast. I am Brent Allen, and I have seen every episode of Star Trek 47 times. And I'm Matt Sonnenberg, and this is my first time through the series. And this is the show where we are on a mission to introduce people to the world, universe, galaxy of Star Trek by watching the most important episodes that deal with the lore, the history, the timeless message, and of course, all the romances of Star Trek. I no, I'm, I'm well, we'll save it anyway. <laughs> if you want to show off your love for the solids, be sure to go leave us a rating and review. You can do so on the Apple Podcast app, on iTunes, or even on Podchaser. For those of you who don't want to deal with Apple, please leave us a review and let us know how you feel about the solids. Today's episode is the 14th episode of season three of Star Trek Deep Space Nine entitled Heart of Stone, or as I like to call it, Odo and Kira sitting in a rock. K-I-S-S-I-N Guck. In case you guys don't remember, didn't watch this one first in this episode, Kira gets trapped in a growing rock formation. And no matter what he tries, Odo just can't seem to get her out. And all of this leads them to confessing their undying love for each other until we found out that it's not Kira, but rather the female shapeshifter trying to figure out why Odo would choose the solids over them. And oh yeah, Nog wants to join Starfleet. Matt, before we get into this episode, I th- you might have something to get off your chest. I told you last time that we did a Deep Space Nine episode, and it's been a couple. We've spent the last three weeks in in Voyager, but I told you last time, and I texted you before you watched this episode, hey, there's only one episode between past tense and this one we're doing today, and in that one, Beryl dies. Uh Kira's love interest, Beryl, dies. And then this episode, I'll let you have at it, buddy. Yeah, I I was okay to leave her there. I had a tough time watching this episode because uh-huh. I I feel it was actually okay. I always do this. I never like factor in the twist endings mm-hmm. into how I feel about the episode until we start recording. Okay. And it's like, okay, but I'm sitting there throughout the whole episode. I'm like, man, she's really overplaying this. Like, I, I, I'm really not a fan of Kira. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I don't, I don't care for this. But then thinking back on it, it's like, okay, well, that wasn't really her though. So mm-hmm. maybe her overplaying it, I mean, it was actually done pretty well. Huh? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm still not a fan of Kira. I'm, I, I'm still, yeah. I, I mean, I, I you have your favorite. Okay if, I'm sorry, Matt. You have your favorite character of Deep Space Nine, uh-huh. and your least favorite character of Deep Space Nine. At least, seemingly something happening, maybe at least on one part of one side of the the, the equation. Come on, Odo, you can do better. <laughs> that should be our tagline. Come on, Odo, you can do better. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I, in all honesty, during this episode, I was much more attached to the B plot. So the next note I have over here is my thoughts, my first thoughts, and it reads just like this. The B plot of this episode is vastly more interesting than the A plot. Yes. I'm with you. 
hundred percent nog wanting to buck ferengi tradition and join starfleet while cisco thinks he's just up to something or kira's trapped in a rock with an overly emotional non-humanoid life form mm-hmm. i'm gonna take the former i'm gonna take a yep. you know or in this yep. case b actually like i i, I think that has longer lasting implications and i think it's something that i mean yeah may, they may write write it as odo and kira for a while but mm-hmm. i don't think it'll last mm-hmm. um it it's and, and, and i mean that that's coming from me who if you don't know w- within my marriage i'm the one who enjoys rom-coms right i knew that uh, the listeners out there didn't but yes, yes i knew that yeah <laughs> like Love Actually is one of my favorite movies. So I'm sorry. Can I tell you my favorite part of that movie? What's that? Just, just, just while we're on the topic, it, it makes me laugh harder than anything else. Every single time it, it's at the end of the movie when the little kids are doing the concert and mm-hmm. you know, the, the, this kid who's playing drums has just been pining for this little girl who's singing like the whole yep. movie. And yep. she gets it. She's singing what the Mariah Carey song. All I want for Christmas yep. is you. And she does this thing, which all I want for Christmas is she turns when she points directly at him <laughs> and then, and you, and you, and she's pointing uh-huh. to different people throughout the auditorium. Uh-huh. And he's like, he gets that first jolt of like, ah, and then she he sees her doing it like across the room. He's like, <laughs> and it, just, it makes me laugh so hard every single time. Yeah. I get you. I get you. But yeah, I mean, even with with that background, I had a hard time buying into this this so-called love story. So it's yeah, not for me. Well, well, thankfully, it really wasn't much of a love story Mm -hmm. except for like the last little bit. But yeah, I I mean, they 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 played it up hard. But Mm -hmm. still, the fact remains that Odo has feelings for her, I guess, Mm -hmm. in, in some respect. And you, you know they're not done with that. I will simply say this, just to remember, Odo is still figuring out what it is to be a solid, what it is to be a humanoid, what it is to have these feelings for people. Oh, and yeah. For, cause, for cause other people, right? That, so, that, that was a huge line in the middle mm-hmm. of this. Humans have a hard time giving up the things they love, no matter how many times they hurt you. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I understand. But like, cause he was saying like, that's something I've learned. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he, he is the data of the series, right? Right. Right. He's the one that, that that's, he's the non-human. You, yep. That's trying to figure out humans. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Matt, there there certainly is more to be said about Odo and what his romantic future holds. A, a thread that you have not picked up on and that you've not been around and we're not going to to do it is uh, Loxana Troy, if you remember her, mm-hmm. has popped up at least once a season and ha- will continue <laughs> to pop up. And she has a big, big thing for Odo in a way that only Loxana Troy can do. In many ways, it's hilarious. It's just not anywhere near what we can do in the scope of this particular podcast for what we're doing. Yeah. Um, But that's a whole other thing for Odo to begin to explore love and romance and what that looks like. And and for him to be on the no thank you, ma'am side of Mm -hmm. side of it. (laughs) Uh, But but honestly, I, I can see him being all business. He has whenever she's around. And I I will tell you, it's honestly probably some of the best Loxana 
that you're going to see out of it when out of all of Star Trek, like some of the most vulnerable, some of the most um, uh, real, uh, not not putting everything on because her daughter happens to be right there. But it's just Loxana. And uh, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. We're not watching. Those are all extra viewings for you, Matt. I've given them all to you for extra viewings and, and uh, with whatever's left. Well, Matt, okay. as we move through this, this would be typically the spot where we have a character actor spotlight. We don't have any this week. This was yeah. a bottle episode. They spent a crap ton of money doing past tense. It's sure. time to pay for it. So use existing sets. Don't have too many guest actors and just keep everything contained to, to make it really, really cheap. Throw a couple people in a room and let them talk. It's pretty yeah. much what this episode was. Yeah. I, I mean, the the main plot was two characters who I repeatedly yelled at for not interacting with the rest of the crew. Um, <laughs> and then when even when we were back on, on the station, uh-huh. like it, it was very, very limited. Yeah. Not yeah. only our time there, but very limited in yeah. how many people we saw or how long we saw them. A lot of people only had one or two lines and I was surprised they even had them on there. It's probably con- contractual. And they weren't really in groups. Like it was Cisco and Nog, Cisco and Dax, mm-hmm. Nog and Jake, um, yep. Quark and Ron. Like, like it really, it wasn't grouped very much at all, even when it was, no, like even I, when it was there. You're right. I, like that, that's actually would be an interesting trivia question. I, 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 I don't know if it's true or not, but were we even on the bridge? Well, there's not a bridge. It's not a in bridge. Ops. It's ops. Yeah. Cisco's office is in ops. So technically, yes, but I don't know that we were in like the command center of ops. Or maybe Actually, we walked may, through it. May, maybe when he was talking to Dax. Maybe. Yeah. That might have been there. Sure. But, I, but yeah, I, but every, everything else, like, I don't even feel they necessarily used full sets. Yeah. It's like, here is a table. You guys sit at it. We'll, we'll blur the background and, and no one will question <laughs> right. where you are. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a thing. Yeah. Cause uh, Cisco and Dax, they had dinner or lunch and not quarks wherever it was. It was just not quarks. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. All, all of that's true. Matt, I will, I do want to bring up one quick thing just because it's something you have talked about from time to time here on the show. Okay. Salome Jens is back as the female shapeshifter. Of course, we we've seen her before. Matt, I only bring her up here to ask you, was the surprise spoiled because you recognized her name in the opening credits? Did you did you see her come up in the opening credits and, and it spoiled it a little bit for you? No. Um, okay. So anything in, in, in if it's in the actual credits credits, uh-huh. DS9 credits, I fast forward through like sure. none other you just do because I cannot intro. stand yeah, yeah. fast forward. I, I, I yeah. cannot, well, no, I, I don't think, I don't know if the intro button popped up, but I, I, yeah. like, I just click, 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 click sure. until I see something else. And I usually hit it when like Michael Pillar's name is on the screen. I'm like, okay, cool. We're done. Fair. Um, there, there were a few names that popped up after that. I mm-hmm. didn't really pay attention to them. Okay. I, I, I saw one or two that I recognized, but then there were some like I didn't recognize and I would not have pulled out her name. So okay. I, that wouldn't have meant anything to me. If you had said yes, mm-hmm. I would call you a big old fatty, fat, fat liar <laughs> because they actually decided in order to keep the secret of this episode, in order to keep the the thing, um, her name would be saved for the end credits only. They Thank did you. not have her in the opening credits Thank to tip you. people off. And, and so they actually had that thought in this particular episode. They need to have more of those thoughts <laughs> because seriously, like I, 
I, I guess I, I think it's must just be like a pride thing for some of the actors that they put in the contract. Mm-hmm. Like I need to be in the opening credits or with my special guest starring or, and, or also starring or I'm like, really guys. I mean, if you're the director of that episode and you know that there's supposed to be a big twist, a big surprise at the end of the episode, you need to sit there and demand. No, mm-hmm. like explain to them. Hey, we need to keep this a secret because you're a recurring character and we can't let them know that your character is coming back for this episode. Right. I agree. I agree. I think they're much more conscious of that, though, these days with the way they make TV as a whole. Um, well, these days they don't have as many opening credits. That's true. These days it's throw the screen title up there and then get on with it. And the whole opening <laughs> sequence is four and a half seconds. You're absolutely yeah. right. So Matt, that's there. I thought you might at least appreciate that little, uh, that, that little tidbit from there. Appreciate that. With that, Matt, why don't we get into the episode and dig it out? Because I, to be frank with you, I actually really want to talk a lot about Nog and we can hit a little bit of Kieran Odo on the way. (laughs) I'm thrilled to hear that. Right. Well, Heart of Stone prologue. Kira and Odo are out in a runabout, and Odo is being a bit moody, when suddenly there's a possible Maquis ship out there causing trouble, and so off they go to make the arrest. That's it. Yep. I, r- real short. I mean, the, the whole thing was... Pillar filler? <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah. Why are you so grumpy, man? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 that didn't even really play into what happened later. No, no. I mean, it was, no. yeah, just a I did, weird I did exchange. enjoy... I'm sorry. I, I, I did enjoy the sort of juxtaposition of uh, or, or or almost gender swap because the conversation that happened yeah. between Kira and Odo yeah. traditionally would be assigned to the opposite opposite genders of each person. It's traditionally the man sure. going, well, what's wrong with you? And traditionally thought of it would be the woman going, well, you didn't even ask me. You just said it mm-hmm. and you didn't even ask me. And, and the idea that they, they switched both of those. Now I'm not saying that that's the way it normally is. And please, nobody send me emails. I'm not trying to be <laughs> degrading. I'm just saying that historically, particularly in the nineties, that's the way people thought of it. And, and that's how, that's how it's portrayed in TV and movies. Typically. Exactly. Too. Exactly. And that's, that's where the humor came from, uh, from in it, uh, mm-hmm. and, and watching it go. And I like the fact, honestly, that Kira is fairly strong and independent and like, no, we're not going to do this. And she doesn't go with the stupid, uh, like she's like, Oh no, you hate those things. <laughs> it's not that I wasn't thinking about you. You just hate those things. It's like, I, I know you well enough to know how you would answer. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. But there's a Maquis ship out there, Matt. Don't forget about the Maquis. Yeah, I, I, I am honestly blown away by how ingrained they are in all of the series now. Like, yeah. well, not all of them, I guess, but si- since they've been introduced, like they keep coming back and they keep reusing them. And I, I did not expect that mm-hmm. when I initially met them. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I probably should have given our limited run here. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, they, they keep showing up. Well, speaking of which, Act 1, they're chasing the Maquis ship into the Badlands. They lose them on one of the moons, so they're going to have to land to go check on them. Odo and Kira wind up having to split up in the caves, but two seconds later, Kira calls for help. Her foot is stuck in a bit of crystal that seems to be growing up her leg. Meanwhile, back on the station, Nog has come to see Commander Sisko. He wants Sisko to recommend him for entrance into Starfleet Academy so he can be the first Ferengi in Starfleet. Sisko's a bit dubious about this, but... 
but there's a lot of latinum on his desk plus this whole ferengi custom to overcome so the badlands Mm -hmm. i was first introduced to them i believe in voyager Mm -hmm. now they're popping up in ds9 which once again i guess is good they're they're letting us know that these worlds are intertwined they are Uh happening on top of each other but prior to voyager have to your knowledge Mm -hmm. were the badlands ever mentioned in any other series i do not believe so they I feel like they called them something else at one time before. Okay. Um, but I, I'm not sure really what it is. Uh, I mean, mostly this really is just a, uh, it's, it's a nod to both, mm-hmm. both things being the same, you know, and, and honestly with the Badlands in Voyager, all we ever get is that very teeny tiny little bit at the beginning of the, of the pilot. And we never really think about I, them again. I, 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 I suppose that, that, that they disappeared after mm-hmm. that. So, <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, it was a nice nod because as soon as they said the Badlands, like I knew exactly what they're talking about. Sure. And, and it maybe do a double think. And it's like, wait, that was the other series, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Like you, you've told me a few times, like they, they cross things over like that just to subtly let you know, yes, we're still in the same universe. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. It's, it's one of the things that I don't know that you would be able to appreciate as much if you just watched all of deep space nine, mm-hmm. finish that story and then go over and just watch all of Voyager. I don't, I don't think you'd be able to appreciate how they interweave these two stories. Yeah. I mean, w- like watching like an air, air day, like we did, mm-hmm. you, you see that was actually introduced first in Voyager and then mm-hmm. come back to DS nine and they're still using it. It's like, Oh, right. Okay. Well done. Anyway, Kira and Odo head off. Mm-hmm. They, correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. I feel the beginning of this, they're coming back from some mission they were on. Mm-hmm. They're in the runabout. Mm-hmm. They're doing their mission. They're headed back to DS9. Yep. And they run across these other, other ships. Yep. And not only do they run across these other ships, but then they like jump into warp and follow this other ship. Mm-hmm. And there's one thing to like respond to a dress, distress call or whatever. But then as soon as you go in pursuit, mm-hmm. my first reaction is, shouldn't you be like alerting someone at DS9 saying, hey, we're going to be a little bit late. We came across this thing. Maybe you should know about it. If we're, we're not back in 24 hours, if you don't hear from us in 24 hours, maybe do something about it or like just any kind of con- contact there. Because I mean, yeah, they obviously get into a pickle later on and it's like, mm-hmm. oh no, you can't contact anybody. But that, that, that was my first thought when, when they start running off on their own, mm-hmm. like, why aren't you like radioing into DS9 and saying, hey, here's what's going on. And why did no one on DS9 say, hey, we haven't heard from these guys in a while. Weren't they supposed to be back by now? Right. Because you would think that there's a flight plan file. I mean, this is this is Starfleet. Yeah. They're going to know where their ships are. They're knowing Mm -hmm. what's going on out there. There's there's somebody in a radio tower out there who's tracking where everybody is. And 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 if you don't show up in time. This wasn't like uh, Odo said to Cisco, hey, I'm going to go on leave for a week. And so see ya. And so he just takes a ship and goes off and does whatever he does. This is, they were on a mission. Mm-hmm. They were coming back from that mission. So they should be expected back soon. Mm-hmm. And then they're gone for a few more days. And so, yeah, I, that just seemed odd to me. That seemed off. I mean, I guess it helps set up things and so they can't get rescued and all that stuff. But it's it's those little things. Mm-hmm. Just, just to be clear, their mission that they were on was, it wasn't so much a mission as much as they were gone for like a conference. Sure. 
on New Bajor. Like that's they were they were just there having meetings. Yeah, but yeah, they, 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 they ran they were across, going over security measures or something like exactly. that. Exactly. They they but you're right. They ran across the monkey. Oh, those are the bad. Guys. Oh, there's those guys. We got to go get them. Like if you recognize, Hey, there's a Maquis. My first reaction is, Hey, call the captain and say, we just spotted a Maquis ship. We're not sure what they're up to. We're going to follow him. Fine. Okay. Just report him when he can. Mm -hmm. At least, you know, he knows where that you're doing something. Right. Right. Like, I, I don't think you would even change the direction of this episode. Just give give me, humor me a little bit. Mm -hmm. Give me a few one-liners here and there saying, Check in with Captain. Tell him you're going to find some Maquis. We'll be back later. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then just give me another one-liner a, a day later on DS9 saying, hey, has anyone heard from these guys? No? Okay. Well, start, you know, sending out scanning or sending out a probe or something. And they should we'll, we'll see if that, that can sense, you know, pick pick up any sign of them. Okay, cool. It, like, they don't actually have to get to the point where they're rescuing them. Yeah. Just making some attempt or making an acknowledgement that they're gone longer than they should have been and would have been enough for me. And I mean, let me, let me add another, let me throw another log onto the fire that you're building here. You have Odo, who's the security chief, Uh huh. right? You're on a runabout. A runabout has weapons, but very limited weapons back over there at deep space nine. However, you have an overpowered warship. <laughs> you're chasing the bad guys. Uh-huh. Why don't you call for the guy that actually has the guns? Not yeah. your guy who has like, you know, you've got your little 22 for, for, you know, moderate self-defense. Like go get the guy that actually has the, has the, mm-hmm. the Glock hey, and the hey, ARs and everything. And like this, this isn't even like, Hey, we're a couple of red shirts. We're going to go investigate something. Mm-hmm. This is your first officer and your security chief abandoning the station. Mm-hmm. We're going to go check this out and not tell anybody. Sure. Like if anybody's going to follow protocol, like, come on. Like, I guess, okay, they're not Starfleet, but. That's fair, Matt. That's fair. They are not Starfleet and they are. It just clicked that neither of them are Starfleet. That's but. fair. But they're, but they're operating under Starfleet parameters and yes, still like, should check in. Yeah. They, they've been around long enough. Like this isn't episode three. This is season three, mm-hmm. meaning they've been there for a while. And by the way, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off. By the way, chasing Maki, you're now chasing Federation citizens, you non-Federation <laughs> Starfleet people, because they are still Federation citizens, right? Sure. Sure. Uh, so yeah, that's, that is and that that's all the more reason Matt they should have called in because it's not their fight it's Cisco mm-hmm. and Dax's and those guys's so no I'm I'm with you on that I'm with you yeah anyway um oh I okay they, they they keep interjecting their story here so I'm just gonna follow my notes for now I guess okay but Nog mm-hmm. actually no because uh, I'll, I'll just finish them off because it's just the one comment I made and you you warned me that this was coming they split the party again. <laughs> When you said that, that was last week, right? With, with yeah, Felix. When I'm you said sure. that, I went, oh, just wait. Oh, just wait. Oh, just wait. We're going to send two people down in the tunnels and we're going to go two different directions. Hey, pretty soon they're going to figure out how to take, you know, one person down and split them in four directions. I don't uh-huh. know. <sighs> yeah. Foot gets Seriously, stuck in, and her foot gets stuck in crystal. And oh, wait, turns out that's where the switch got made mm-hmm. right there. Hey, real quick, just so you know, this this episode was based on a scene 
from a movie that nobody saw. <laughs> it was a bad okay. movie. Just a, okay. just a, not a good movie. It was called, uh, sometimes a great notion. Uh, I want to say sure. Robert Redford movie or something like that. Uh, not a great movie, but it was just basically based on a scene where some girl like gets her leg caught under a log or something like that. Now the okay. log didn't grow up and around her body, yeah. but it was, it was the idea of you had, you had two people and, and they're trying to figure out what to do. And I think it was Iris Stephen Bear. Forgive me if I'm wrong out there, folks out there who know the story better than I do. I think it was Iris Stephen Bear who basically said horrible movie, but it was a great scene. And they based this whole episode off the one scene scene from that movie yeah. which was yeah. just this idea of getting a foot stuck so yeah and, and i mean i did love it even more the, mm-hmm. whole, the whole foot getting stuck thing mm-hmm. when when you realize oh it's a shapeshifter and there was no crystal and like every time she made it expand it was just her changing her shape yeah yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh, that that's so good. You can make up whatever rules you want. Oh, yeah, I hit it with a fa- mm-hmm. wait. What, she was so she got shot by a phaser. Well, she got shot at by a phaser. No, no. The, the very first thing they tried. Oh, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Was yeah shooting with shot the phaser, the phaser, right? And, and, and they're yeah. like, oh, it must have absorbed the energy and used that to grow. But no, like that was she got shot. Yeah. I mean, they, they obviously, you know, turned it down mm-hmm. the intensity or whatever. Right. But still. Right. That That's dedication there. So, well, but what is, but what does that now tell you about what shapeshifters can take as far as absorbing They're indestructible yeah. energy weapons? They're yeah. not indestructible, but they, they can absorb some stuff. You're, well, you're they not can, just going to take them out with a phaser. Yeah. They can shield you from falling rocks. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. <laughs> uh, also, you realize really quickly that Odo's pretty much the only one that has trouble mimicking the humanoid face because that's female shapeshifter. I got didn't even think down. about that. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that the shapeshifters all appear to Odo with the weird face mm-hmm. is them doing it for him on his behalf. Yep. And then ultimately, like in real world for us on our behalf, so we can tell them apart real yeah. easy. But, but, like we, we had talked about that yeah. the first time when we, mm-hmm. saw, we saw them. And yeah, I told you yeah. they, were, they were doing it for him. Mm-hmm. But you make a good point. She, she, she made Kira's face just fine. Mm-hmm. And then when she shifted to her own form, it was normal. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Just think about it as we go through the episode. But you yep. wanted to talk about Nog. Yes. Let's talk Nog. about Nog. So when Nog comes in here and, and granted, I haven't seen Nog in a long time. So he not you only has he grown up, yeah. he's grown up a little bit more mm-hmm. and I don't know if they've been slowly changing his personality at all or what, but it, it felt very different from when I met him the first time. And part of it was like his excitement and stuff, uh-huh. but I don't know if the director came in and said, Hey, I want you to play it like this. Mm-hmm. But I actually think it was very well done. And it, it, he didn't feel like the Nog I remembered. He didn't feel like Rom very much. I, I actually felt like I was looking at a young Quark. Mm. Like his mannerisms, his excitement level, mm-hmm. like it, it just something about it. It's like th- th- this is Quark when he is young. Mm-hmm. Like that, right. that had to be him. And he comes in with a interesting request. Yeah. Demand. I like he's very confident going in there. Sure. Saying, hey, I'm an adult now and now I need this. Mm-hmm. And here's all the Latin I have. So quick comment on what you're talking about here. Uh, You remember how I mentioned in just the last episode, Kira's love of her life died. Yeah. Okay. 
in just the last episode, the B plot of that episode was Jake and Nog go on a double date and <laughs> cultures clash because Nog is obnoxious sure. going on this date. And like, he's, he's demanding that the girl chew his food for him. And, you know, he's like, you're lucky I even let you wear clothes and all those things that Ferengi do with how they treat female in their particular culture. And it was, it was a, it was a mild examination of cross-cultural expectations Mm -hmm. really. And Nog's just, so you, the fact that you mentioned him coming in here, like he's grown up and he's because this is a very legit well, well, and well, adult choice Nog is making. Yes, I, I I wouldn't say he's he's necessarily acting grown up, uh-huh. but he feels he's grown up. Sure. Well, he's reached the age of whatever they called it, uh, age of attainment or whatever. Yeah, the, he, he completed the Ferengi attainment ceremony, yeah. which means he is now an adult. Right, right. Yes, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess, I mean, I suppose that's not much different than... Oh yeah. You're 18. You're an adult now. Right. Okay. Cause everybody develops at the same pace. Yeah. I, I just want to point this out though. And, and this is coming from another podcast that I was listening to in preparation for today's show. They, cause they spent quite a bit of time talking about this. Jake is Nog's best friend. Yeah. Jake's father is the commander of the station and the guy who would have to write the recommendation in order for Nog to get into Starfleet Academy, which Nog may not have known that just yet. It, it, it wouldn't have to be him, right? It needs to be a command level officer. Command level officer. Is that only the captain? No. Yeah. No. Anyone that's with commander. That's what I, like, I think is Dax lieutenant commander. It could be Dax. I, I, yeah, I don't Anyone remember where they're all at right now. Yeah. But I don't, like I was pretty sure there, there were at least a few people on board the mm-hmm. station that would qualify. Sure. Uh, the way I understand it, let's put it that way. The way I understand yep. anybody who is a commander, a command level officer could, mm-hmm. could write that recommendation. Sure. But regardless, Jake is Nog's best friend. Yep. Nog has this big age of attainments ceremony coming up. You think Nog talked about it with Jake at all? I mean, obviously he didn't because they get into this whole joke thing later, yeah. but you know, at some point you think Nog would be like, Hey, so I'm kind of thinking about this. By the way, Matt, I don't know if you know, in previous episodes, Jake has secretly been exploring. Basically, he does not want to go to the academy. Like his father is just sort of expecting he's going to go to the academy at some point. And Jake's like, I'm not going to go to the academy. I don't think I want to go to the academy. Like he's kind of saying, no, I don't want to do this. Has Jake had this conversation with Cisco? Or is no. this more like Jake talking to Nog? This is Jake talking to Nog and and to to other other people. Okay. Uh, I think he might have mentioned it to Dax at one point. And Dax is sure. really good at keeping other people's secrets, which is cool. I I believe that. Um, but you know, so so to me, you would. I don't know. It just once they brought it up on that other podcast, I kind of sat back and I went, I get why they would write it the way they do just for the sake of drama. But in real life, if you're looking at it through an examination of going, why wouldn't Nog have ever mentioned that to Jake? That's a good point. You know, I mean, I I can see that. But at the same time, I can see withholding some of your biggest, deepest desires and dreams, Mm -hmm. even from the people that are closest to you. Like, I think there's something that like, as Nog said, it, it's personal. It's really personal. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a secret, it's, but it, it, it's personal. And I think what plays into that or helps play that up is you don't want anybody to shoot it down. You don't mm-hmm. want to find out it can't happen. You'd rather just have the dream, the hope of it internally. Mm-hmm. And so I think there might actually be something to Nog actually holding that in, even from Jake. Like I can see your argument for it either way, mm-hmm. but I guess that's not something that really bothers me that much, even after you bring it up. 
Fair enough. I, I could definitely see this being, this is a, th- this is a thought that Nog has kind of kept in his back pocket. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, almost like this is a private idea. The idea that he's talking about this age of, I would, I would think it would come up just with, Hey, I'm taking this age of attainment ceremony thing. Well, what's that? Oh, well, that's when a Ferengi because like Nog would be building up to this day. Right. I'm supposed to take an internship with somebody or, or whatever, but yeah. I, and I would I, expect yeah. Jake would know that much. Like you know yeah. about the ceremony, he would yeah. know that. That's when he becomes an adult. He knows, yeah, he's gonna find some some apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. But as for Nog having in the back of his mind, hey, I'm gonna ask your dad. Mm-hmm. Like, if I were Nog, I don't think I would bring that up. I I, I think I'd okay. I'd just want to talk one on one with the Captain before taking yeah. it up with everybody else. I understand that. Okay, that's fair. That's fair, Matt. You know now why Nog wanted wants to go to Starfleet, but you didn't know exactly why when you first saw this. Talk to me about what was going through your mind when you were like, Nog wants to join Starfleet. Really? Really? What what, what was going through your mind when you first heard that? Honestly, it was just a lot of curiosity. Like, okay. I, I, I don't think it was one of those things I tried to figure out too much because I knew they were going to explain it to me before the end of the episode. So fair. And I, I didn't feel like I know enough about Nog to really deduce why he wanted to. Now, mm-hmm. knowing why, maybe I did actually have enough information, mm-hmm. but I don't think I would have put that together. Fair enough. Uh, we do. We do learn two things in this act. One, the age of attainment ceremony and the fact that good Ferengis then go purchase internships. Mm-hmm. That's a bit of culture we've never known before. We also didn't know until this moment that non-Federation citizens can in fact attend the Academy and that it requires a command level recommendation. Yep. In order that, to, that, that was a test. huge thing for me. Cause yeah. I, I mean, not, not only as far as the lore goes, but mm-hmm. it never like really occurred to me that he was a non-Federation citizen. Mm. Okay. I mean, there, yeah. there's plenty, obviously plenty of non-Federation citizens. We, we were just talking about this earlier, but it, it didn't click until he said it out loud. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess he's not part of the Federation. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess that could make it more challenging to get into a, a Federation program. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, all all interesting things. Like I said, I, I mean, I love these little tidbits of mm-hmm. background that they throw in there and just who knows if they'll ever revisit them? Who knows how much they'll play into the story? I don't know. Is Nog the only person that it's ever going to affect? Are there going to be other people we meet across the rest of the series? I don't know. Mm. But regardless, I love that they took the time to put them in here. There you go. Well, let's move on and see what happens. Act two, Kira is stuck. And man, is she stuck real good. And they can't contact their ship, of course. Odo is going to go figure that out. Kira's well, not going to be going anywhere. Back on the station, Nog and Rom are trying to fix the replicator in Quark's. Turns out Rom's pretty good at fixing stuff, which we've kind of had hints about that up till now. But Quark is being all quarky right there in front of Nog. And that's when Jake comes in, thinking that Nog was just playing a joke on his dad. But when Nog hears that, he gets really upset. Jake's looking at him like, you were serious about that? Yeah, he was. Back in the caves, the crystal just keeps growing and growing. 
but help is at least two days away. So I think my comments in this section mostly don't have to do with anything actually story related. Some of them are just wonderments and some of them are just, yeah, we'll see. I wish I had taken better notes on this. Uh-huh. There was something Kira said while well, now looking back at it, it was fake Kira. Man, I need to go back and watch this again. <laughs> um, but you see, now, now it's probably not even a big deal because it was fake Kira. Okay. Because there, there was something she said, and I didn't write down exactly what she said, mm-hmm. but there was something she said that kind of insinuated that she didn't care for Julian. Mm. Like she was not a fan of Julian or, you know, not that they couldn't work together, but it's like, nah, he's, he, 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 like something had happened between them at some point. Uh-huh. And she wasn't a fan of it. But like, like I said, if it's fake Kira, on her. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I can't really even read into that now. Mm-hmm. I, I will tell you, go ahead and re- it's not really anything to read, read into. Kira is not a big fan of Julian. Okay. Like she, she really didn't oh. like him at first. She's starting to come along. Like yeah. she's kind of coming the, the, along the, the, the Julian this, train. This was, this was when they, they tried to shoot it off with the phaser. Uh-huh. And, and she, um, she made some like snarky comment about, Hey, uh, I, I think maybe Odo might've said something like, like, what are you afraid of? And it's like, and she, she made some comment along lines of, yeah, I don't want to, uh, let Julian show how great of a doctor he actually is. Mm. It is interesting, Matt, if you do go back and watch this episode to think about these lines through the eyes of someone else pretending to be Kira, Mm -hmm. just trying to slip in like all the all the intelligence that you have gathered on somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it it Mm -hmm. may be right. It may not be. But it's at least what you know, because in order for her to say the things she says is Kira, the shapeshifters have to have been watching them for a long time. Yep. In various ways. And I think that's a subtext that you need to remember and you need to know that how long have these have these changelings been around even deep space nine and where else are they? And look how exacting they can replicate people and get away with it because let's face it. The female shapeshifter got away with it with Odo. Forget you and me because we're, we're just watching the TV and whatever. She got away with it with Odo Mm -hmm. until she made a logical mistake. She made a character mistake. Yeah. She, she took it one step too far. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like she was trying to play into what, like Mm -hmm. trying to play off of what he was saying. And it's like, uh, no, because he he fires back and it's like, no, I've been watching you Uh and you quote unquote Kira Uh would not say such a thing. Right. Right. Well, don't, don't, don't get there yet. Cause that's still to come. Anyway. Um, the other thing in the scene is is a tech thing that I, either they just made up Mm -hmm. or I've missed out completely on. Mm -hmm. Cause at one point they're both down in the tunnel and Odo like radios back to the runabout. Uh-huh. I, I'm, at least I'm pretty sure it was he was talking to the runabout or trying to it, it didn't work right but he was trying to get the runabout to transport the both of them back to the ship yeah they can do that with no one on board yep that, that that's like known fact yep and any ship do that then pretty much like if you have a communicate like then why do they if need you're in command anyone? of the ship if you're in command of the ship yeah but why do they need people you don't yeah why do you need people like in engineering like you don't okay I mean you still need the human element right 
like you've still got to be able to think outside the box and put the pieces together because programming can only do what programming can only do, right? Sure. But for 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 you to say, hey computer, or hey, I'm gonna send my girl. Hey Alexa, transport me from here to the kitchen. She, like she could do that, you know, if if she was in control of my house. So for a small ship like that to say, hey, beam me up, ship, like get me out of here, you know, voice command, sure. Yeah. But I you know, like, go ahead. Like the biggest thing for me, I guess, is just I I've never seen that before. I've never seen it attempted. I've never seen it completed. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of a shock to me. It's like, oh, well, why don't they use that more often? Yeah. Yeah, they can. I mean, we're, they we're, can we're in a pinch. Like we're in a pinch. Everybody, everybody's down on the planet. Let's get out of here. Oh, just radio the ship and go. Like mm-hmm. I, I guess it's kind of the easy button, so mm-hmm. they don't want to use it all the time. But because of that, I wouldn't have written it that way. Sure, I wouldn't make that a possibility. <laughs> but I'm not writing this right. show, so. But what you don't have is you don't have somebody who's sitting there watching the annular confinement beam and losing signal degradation and, you know, futzing with it while people are in the middle of transport as what actually happens like on a real starship. Uh-huh. It, it, it better be a very basic transport from point A to point B and hope yeah, nothing gets you, you better up not be running. Your yeah. your beam better not go through an ion storm in the middle of, of <laughs> transport. You know, uh, yeah, all, all that would be a thing. Yeah. So all in all, I'm saying that was a surprise to me. I guess mm. it's a thing that can happen. Good to know. But yeah, let's get back to the real story. Yep. Nog. Yep. Jake thinks it's a joke. Mm-hmm. Not surprised. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- th- this is kind of the filler of this story, I feel. OK, like they, they kind of had to write it that. Yeah. Jake thinks it's a joke. Yeah. He told his dad he thinks it's a joke. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. Like, OK, I like I. I got from the beginning that Nog was serious. I took him seriously. Now. Yeah, I did too, by the way. Did he have another motive? Yes. But was it a bad motive? I didn't think so. Like, I like that, that. That's not where my mind went. It's like, yes, I think there's more to it. Just then he woke up one day and said, I want to join Starfleet. Mm-hmm. Like there was, there's a deeper thought process behind it. And that's what, you know, that, that's all Cisco wanted to hear. But mm-hmm. yeah, because he had never shared that with anybody, including Jake, like I said, if he would have had that conversation with Jake, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have had this story either. That is true. That is true. And that's that's why I said I understand why from a writing standpoint they did it that way. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I do want to talk about Matt. And I don't know if you have this in your notes at all, though, but it always jumps out to me. So we have this Rom wants to go to Starfleet thing. I'm sorry. Nog wants to go to Starfleet thing. And then we get this this whole thing where Rom is like, well, hey, brother, I told you to, you know, fix your replicators or shut them down for regular maintenance a few weeks ago. And he's like, well, it's your fault. It's written in your contract. Everything's your fault. Right. And and Quark is being like overly vicious to his dad and his dad's just curling up and taking it. And Nog, the, the look on Nog's face was it was played so well by Aaron Eisenberg where he just it's it's almost like heartbreak, but he can't say anything. And mm-hmm. his dad's just taking this unfettered abuse. And I think then we as an audience member kind of get the first idea of like, yeah, this is kind of what Jake doesn't want to do. Like, this is why he wants to get out of that. And kind of for Yep, yeah, that's what I meant. Thank yep. you. But yeah, I, I, I mean, honestly, I think this is a storyline that I've seen before, not necessarily in Star Trek, but mm-hmm. other places where, yeah you see your dad getting beat up or beat down. It's like, yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be in that position. I want to do Mm -hmm. something different. And it's just weird in this case 
that different is join Starfleet and mm-hmm. you are not a typical person that would join Starfleet. You are not, but I mean, it, it's, it, it's basically, he wants to leave the family business, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's the storyline. Yeah. He's going to inherit the family business and he doesn't want to do that. He wants to leave that life mm-hmm. and go out on his own and start something new, something that no one in his family has done, something that no, no one in his race has really done. Mm-hmm. And he wants to blaze a new trail. So yeah, I mean, the, the 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 one comment I did have because mm-hmm. I heard that line too. It's in your contract, and I don't know how you know facetious he was being, but mm-hmm. I did make the note like Rom needs a new contract. Rom absolutely needs a new contract. <laughs> like, I don't know what's in his contract actually, but I'm pretty sure he needs a new contract. Yeah, there are there have been multiple examples over the course. I don't know how many you've actually seen, Matt, but there have been multiple examples over the course of the show, and there's more to come of where. Rom just gets the raw end of the deal and he accepts yeah, it and he yeah, accepts and, it. And, and I've, I've, I have noticed that multiple times that mm-hmm. he'll just roll over and take it's for and, any way. And, and, and like, it's, I don't think it's the best. That's when I like Quark the least, right? Sure. Like generally I, I enjoy Quark's character. I, I enjoy seeing what he's up to and him scheming and like said, mm-hmm. he's an, he's an entrepreneur at heart. So I, I enjoy him, but yeah, when, this is not when he's, he's belittling Rom and, and taking advantage of him and doing what he's doing here. Like mm-hmm. that's not cool, man. Not cool. Well, act three, Cisco is still really skeptical about Nog's request. So he sets up a little task to give Nog a chance to prove himself. Dax is going to oversee it, but she's as skeptical as Cisco is. Nog is eager to prove himself and promises completion hours before it's even requested. Fair enough. Back in the caves, Odo is frustrated and Kira is starting to freak out a little bit as the claust- as her claustrophobia takes hold and the crystal is now grown above her waist. Odo is going to try to techno babble out an answer. And while he works on that, Kira and Odo bond over a pithy conversation. Ultimately, Kira says she's glad he's there. I appreciate the path that Cisco takes to test Nog. Mm-hmm. Like he he doesn't completely dismiss him. It's like, okay, I'll give him a chance. Mm-hmm. Here's something that it, it's not unimportant. Like mm-hmm. there are things he could screw up. He could cause some real damage, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, okay, it wasn't actually needed because like I said, they, they had just done this task, but mm-hmm. that, I mean, I think that was important too. So he had something to uh, compare it to. Right. Right. If he, if he just said, okay, yeah, we, we haven't inventoried this cargo bay in three years, go inventory that thing. Well, how do you know if he does it? Good job. You need to have some point of comparison there. So I, I understand exactly where Cisco's mind is at and I appreciated him giving him the task. And like I said, he, he even found some stuff that uh, wasn't there before in the other inventories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I want to question who did the inventory the first time. Right. Why aren't they doing their job? Right. But um, yeah, I, I appreciate that a lot. Then like I said, they uh, Dax and uh, not Dax. Kieran Odo. Well, before you get there, I, yeah. I just, my little comment, I love that Cisco set this up for Nog mm-hmm. because it, you know, look, you want to come do something outside of the realm. Okay. Let's give you a task. Let's give you the most menial task you can. And let's see how you handle it. Cause if you can't handle the menial stuff, you're not going to handle the, the, I the love glorious how stuff. Dax laid that out. Yeah. Like th- that yeah. makes me like Dax more and more. I, yeah. 
I like I've said Oda's my favorite, but like Dax is right behind. Dax like, is awesome. Dax yeah. is absolutely awesome. I, yeah. I, I I love Dax. Yeah. And so I love, like, I love her little. She says she says something to the effect of Starfleet is not all about spaceships and phasers or something like that. She's like, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's just about grunt work. And yep. Nog goes, well, then let me be the first to say. <laughs> I love that little line. Yeah, it, it, it's it's fantastic. And I mean, the way she lays it out for him, I'm like, yeah, I, she, she even went to the extra to, to write up the excuse and say, yeah, we just did this, but we lost the information due to computer error. And I'm like, really? You guys still have computer errors? Mm-hmm. OK, <laughs> I, I suppose it's technology. You're always going to have some kind of hiccups. But it just seems such like a weird thing. Like, mm-hmm. wow, you're still dealing with computer errors. Okay. Well, here you go. Here's your job. Here's why we need you to do it. Because yeah, we're not just going to put you in charge of the spaceship right away. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is what we do on our days off, but we don't show people on TV because it's boring. Right. They still, still didn't actually show us. I mean, they, they did show us the cargo bay, which uh-huh. was maybe a new to me set. I don't know if you've seen it before, but I think that's one of those versatile sets that they can use for multiple say, things. It's pr- it probably reused or if you zoom yeah. in on the right area, like the, on the other side of those boxes. Yeah. That's Quark's bar. Right. Uh, <laughs> this side is Quark's storeroom and that uh-huh. over there is Cisco's office. Like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if you zoom out far enough, it's the cargo bay. Cool. There you go. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that was cool. I, I enjoyed that. But back to Odo and Kira then. Mm, do we have to? No. Okay. I, I, I mostly want to talk <laughs> about O'Brien kayaking. Okay. So just real quick, just so you know, because you didn't, you didn't catch this. Yeah. They first talked about O'Brien and his love of kayaking all the way back in Next Generation. Okay. So the fact that they brought it up here I, is a callback to that, which I is kinda, great. I kind of figured they must have yeah. mentioned it in Next Generation because they in here they did mention this is a, a, a holodeck program he brought from the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Like he's been trying to beat this kayaking program forever. Right. And, it's a video game, right? Exactly. Yeah. That, that's exactly what yeah. I thought. And so they're like, yeah, why, why does he keep playing? Or why does he keep, you know, doing it? And and like they, they use it as like their little metaphor for love or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. Fine. He, no, he's playing a video game. Yes. Right. He, he reached the final boss level, the level five rapids, and he he's determined to beat this thing. Just can't get past Boingo Boingo. <laughs> uh it's bongo bongo but yes <laughs> yeah so that's yeah. i mean that's it right <laughs> for, for this that, I, I mean that that's it and yeah okay i mean the, the other little note they gave us like <laughs> uh odo not understanding human culture completely yeah he, he likes to sing this old she sea shanty louis <laughs> louis <laughs> what okay i want to hear that version and come on tiktok there you go. No, we need, yeah, we need to get Cole Meany, uh out there somewhere doing Louie Louie as mm-hmm. O'Brien. That'd be, that would be fantastic. All right. Act four. All right. Let's deal with the B plot first. Nog has really impressed Cisco and Dax, but the question still remains. Why does he really want to join Starfleet? Okay. Now for the A plot, the cave is shaking and Kira is up to her neck in this crystal. And she just wants to hear Odo talk and tell stories because it's comforting to her. So Odo tells her how he got his name, which means nothing literally, but he's found his identity in his name. And with that and out of ideas, 
Kira says it's time for Odo to leave. That's an order. Yeah. Fat chance. This is a weird story point story. I, I, I don't even know how to explain it really, mm-hmm. but that gets used a lot in Star Trek. What do you mean? And it blows my mind every time they do it. I order you to do this. Well, I'm going to resign. So I don't have to follow that order. <laughs> right. I like really that dude. And of course the, the resignation is never actually a thing or they're mm-hmm. just back the next episode, whatever, like by the end of the episode they, they've, they've made up and made nice. But it, obviously this case, it didn't actually matter because it wasn't actually Kira and they didn't act like no one's reporting that, but like how often the characters just throw that out there. It's like, well, then I'm going to resign. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you don't like an order. So you're just going to resign. Like, I just try to put that in our world. And it's like, at any time your boss gives you a job that you don't want to do, well, I'm going to quit. See ya. Mm-hmm. Really? I, things don't work that way. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, even 400 years in the future, I, I don't think things are going to work that way. Now, I guess it's a little bit different when you're out in space and you're out on a starship and you're out on your own and not necessarily, ha- I mean, especially if you're like on Voyager, mm-hmm. like that's going to be a whole different story because you have nowhere else to go and you can't get a replacement for those people. And so those people can kind of just say, Hey, I, yeah, I'm going to resign if you make me do that. Mm-hmm. That'd be one thing. But here on DS9, when they're still very much in contact with everybody, well, I mean, when he says it, it's just the two of them in a cave. So right. they're not in contact with everybody. So that's why it kind of works again. But I'm just saying, like, if this would happen back on DS9, Cisco would laugh in their face and say, all right, see ya. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it, like, it, it just feels that they throw that out there a little bit too much. Like, I order you to do this. Mm-hmm. And, like, anyone, anytime someone tries to force them to order them to do this, like, I, I want to say this maybe happened with Worf more than a few times. Feels like it might have happened with his character. I'm trying to think of an example of when that would have happened and it's not coming to mind right off bat, but it's certainly, it certainly feels like something Worf could have done. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else that, that would be inclined to doing that. Maybe Spock, honestly, seems like Spock might've done something like that once. Uh, although he did, he did commit mutiny and steal the entire starship to accomplish his goal. So maybe not (laughs) like, I I don't Uh, see him quitting as much. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't, I don't know, but I get the, I I'm with you on the feeling. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't think of a specific example. Yeah, I can't give you an specific like example. But yeah. I, I feel I've seen it at least once, but I feel I've seen it more than that, even in our limited run, uh-huh. just within Star Trek of people doing that. No, Worf absolutely did it. Worf absolutely yeah. did it. There, there was a moment where the, it had something to do with the Klingons and he was going back and forth between like his family honor and something with the Klingons and his duties as a Starfleet officer. Mm-hmm. And he pulls the pin off his chest and lays it down on the ground, turns on a walks out. Yeah. A hundred percent. And we saw that episode. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe something to do when they thought that his father, they'd found his father or something like that. And probably he yeah. he took it down and, and set it down and, and went away. Um, of course they never turned it in or they never registered exactly. it with the ship's log or whatever. Exactly. So I, I, I mean, it, granted this does happen in other media that we see as well. It's, you know, it's a police officer who's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I lays down his badge and yep. his gun and it's like walks away. You know, another time it happened was data. Data did it. 
If you there remember you back in the episode Measure of a Man, they ordered Data to go with uh, Bruce Maddox to go be tested. And he said, no, I'm not going to do yeah. that. And they said, well, you don't have a choice. And he, then, then I resigned my commission. Uh-huh. And the whole See, trial I, was about. I told you I saw he, it multiple times. Yeah, no, you're right. You're 100 percent right. And just sorry, I had to think about it a little bit. But <laughs> I, I said, too, I was like, I feel like that's true, but I just couldn't yep. think of an example. Yep. But yeah, that's you got absolutely it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, in those instances, at least like it felt a little more justified, mm-hmm. but here it's just like, I mean, it probably doesn't help that. Like I said, I don't care for cure that much. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dude, just go. She told you to go. You, you, you would, you would be just fine. Right. Leaving her there. I mean, right. it, it would turn out weird if you ever found out that it wasn't actually her and you left a live Kira back on that planet, mm-hmm. <laughs> that moon. But um, yeah, that'd be weird. Anyway, the more interesting point here is the origin of Odo's name. Hey, you like origin stories, Matt. Yes, sir. So yeah, th- this a was a def- story, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I, I would love to give credit to whoever wrote that, you know, but it's it's an interesting way to go about it. Mm-hmm. And obviously they're just making up words here mm-hmm. because they're making up, I believe uh Cardassian language. And I, I don't know that I've ever really heard Cardassian speak Cardassian. No, no we always English. hear it through the universal translator. Yeah. 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 I mean, like we hear a lot of like Klingons talking mm-hmm. stuff like that, but yeah, I, I mean, Cardassians all, are, are always understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we never like, like they can re- really even more so than just kind of make up a word. And it's like, oh yeah, Odo, tall. Sure. That means nothing. Right. Sounds like it could be a word. Yep. Okay. But yeah, I, I, I like just in the grand scheme of things, it was a, a very brief story, a brief explanation, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. And now once again, you go back and think, well, okay, he just spilled his guts to one of the founders. Okay. Yeah, Kira still doesn't know that story. Yep, that's right. That's right. <laughs> we do, but Kira still doesn't. Right. So right. And keep that. in mind why, and don't forget why the founder is doing this. She's trying to figure out why is he staying mm-hmm. with the solids. Yep. What is it about the solids that that he's she's staying with? And you know, uh, just tell me stories. Just just tell me stories. Well, and, and, and she's also convinced though that it has something to do with Kira. Oh, sure. Sure. And so she's using Kira for that reason, mm-hmm. but also driving at story. I think she's hoping at some point to get a story about Kira, mm. which actually this one kind of turned in that way a little bit mm-hmm. in, in, in more generic sense. Like, cause he did give us a line. I thought it was the most appropriate name anyone could give me. And then I met you. Mm. I'm like, Oh mm-hmm. really? Odo? Really? Fine. Whatever that like at that point I'd given up. Like I know that's how they're writing this, uh-huh. this romance. So whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Every time you've said you've, you, you're, you love Odo and you're not a big fan of Kara. I'm just like, mm, we'll yeah. see what happens. Cause I know where this whole storyline goes. Mm-hmm. I know the will they won't they, and how long do things last and where does it go when things end and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And I'm, I'm interested for you to go along this journey and see and see where it goes. Just, I'm not even telling you where it goes or how long yep. it goes or whatever. I'm not thrilled right now, but yeah. like I said, that they're not done with this. They're not going to let it go. I don't blame you, Matt. I don't blame you. I'll just, I'll leave it there. Okay. One quick note, little side note. So Nana visitor who plays Kira mm-hmm. is extremely claustrophobic. Okay. So the fact that they had her in this rock formation thing 
yeah was not okay with her especially like, when she got up to the neck yeah exactly not okay with her however the the whole rock thing that rock effect everybody hated it the cast <laughs> the production even the visual effects supervisor like to this day they'll say it was horrible and nothing on it worked no matter what way they tried it I, they just ran out of time and they ran out of budget and they ran out of out of sure I, I think caring for how, like at some point they just had to put it out there, you know, it's like, this is yep. the best we got. And that's all we're going to do. We got to move on. And there it is. And nobody liked it. Nobody liked that whole effect. And well, we can see why. Yep. All right, Matt, well, let's finish it out. Act five, a solemn looking Cisco informs Nog that he will not be recommending him for the Academy. Nog gets all worked up about it. And he insists that this isn't a scheme or a trick. It's really that he just doesn't want to end up like his father. Rom could have been a chief engineer on a starship, but neither Rom nor Nog have the lobes for business. And according to the 18th rule of acquisition, a Ferengi without profit is no Ferengi at all. Nog wants to do something with his life other than chase profit. And turns out that's enough for Cisco. He agrees to send the recommendation letter in the morning. Okay, back to the other plot. Odo refuses to leave Kira. He can't. You see, he's in love with her. And she says she's in love with him too. Man, she really got over Burrow real quick, didn't she? <laughs> Except that's enough to tip off Odo to what's really going on here. Kira doesn't really love him, nor does any of this make sense. He has surmised that this is in fact not Kira. And he's right. This whole time, Kira has been, wait for it, the female changeling. She was the Maquis fugitive from earlier, and she's been Kira since the moment they split up in the caves way back in Act 2. This has been all about figuring out what Odo's link to the others is. And turns out, it's Kira. The female changeling says that she'll never love him back, and then she heads out. Back on DS9, Odo fills in Kira to give her the gist of what really happened, though not all of the details. And, much to Quark's chagrin, Rom gives Nog his blessing to go to Starfleet Academy. The end. Which one you want to talk about first? Kira and Odo or Nog and Cisco? I feel like I want to end on a happy note, so Let's, I think she Kira and Odo first. Let's do it. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, the whole first part of it, I'm just kind of rolling my eyes because it's like, yeah, I, I, I can't stop this train anymore. So whatever, mm -hmm. just get it over with. But then you can see Odo kind of starts to figure things out and like, mm -hmm. wait, things aren't what they seem. What? Oh, OK. Well, that's a twist I did not see coming. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that changes things. And like I said, I didn't realize how much it actually changed until we were going through it here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a big difference in this whole story. And unfortunately, the biggest thing that I want to change, mm -hmm. that's the only thing that doesn't change. Which is? Odo having feelings for Kira. That's the that's the bit of truth we leave here. Yep. That Odo has feelings for Kira. But and and like it like it'd be a whole different story if it's like Kira had feelings for Odo, but Odo didn't have feelings for her. And I'm like, okay, I'm fine with that story. <laughs> <laughs> she she can fawn over him all he wants, but no, no. We're gonna we're stuck with my guy Odo here. Yeah. <sighs> mm. Does it give you solace that Odo's not really a humanoid and he doesn't really know what love is yet? Or does not he? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> He'll figure out soon enough. 
He's a smart guy. Yeah. yeah. I got to tell you, Matt, when, when I am watching this episode, I often forget because this is not my favorite episode. I will, I will just, sure. I'll lay that out there. This is, I love the Nog stuff. I hate the Kiranoto stuff. Yep. It's, it's, it's not a super entertaining episode all, all together told for me. No, nope, um, not really. I mean, th- 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 there's not really action in it. There's not. It, but, it's like the th- their big chase scene mm-hmm. is like two lines of them. Oh yeah. We're going to follow them. And there they go. Right. Okay. Yep. Yep. And then, oh, they're crashing on a moon. Like they said, they had no mm-hmm. budget for this episode. They, yep. they didn't show us the moon. They didn't show the other ship mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Like they didn't show us anything. Yep. So like, like th- that's, that's the biggest thing with this episode. They're, like there's no action. So I often forget that this is the episode where, where Odo and Kira have that conversation. Yeah. Like I'll just be watching and be watching and be watching that. I'm just like, Oh wait, Oh, this is the one with the, the, the female shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. I, it, like, I just, I never remember that for this particular episode. And I always, and I tend to watch these in order yeah. going through. And I, I always, cause I just finished with Kira weeping over the body of Burial and yep. wow, she got over Burial really quick. Like that always, it's such but a it's jarring, not but her. it's not her, but it's not her. And that makes yeah. all this in the world. And I do love where Odo says at the end to sort of put a cap on this whole thing. She said something that I know you would never say because mm-hmm. Odo knows how Kira really feels about him or rather doesn't that, feel about him. Like I loved how he, he put that together. Yeah. Uh, like he's our logical one, right? Yep. And yep. and so he, he came in and said, yeah, I've been studying you for the last three years mm-hmm. and yeah, you would not say that. Right. And I think he almost insinuates, mm-hmm. like, I, I think he just mostly is saying that from all of your actions, this is not how you feel about me. And like he even said, like, mm-hmm. yes, I'm a, uh, I, I don't remember exactly what he said, like coworker. And yes, mm-hmm. I'm a close friend, but you don't love me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Kira Noto. Yep. That's Kira Noto. It's that. the female changeling. The one thing she says, just to remind you, Matt, no changeling has ever harmed another. That is their cardinal rule. But there's always a first time. No changeling. Odo. Well, I mean, she all, I mean, Odo did shoot her with a phaser, as you pointed out. Yes. And she almost harmed her, uh, Odo. Like that could have gone wrong. That could have gone sideways real quick. But outside of that, yeah, it's, it's the female she's, she's obsessed with this idea. I, I always like this part. She's I, Odo decides to go away. And like, how much would that have just eaten like in her brain or whatever in her goo or whatever that is <laughs> that she has, right? Like, uh-huh. like, why did he leave? He shouldn't have left. I don't understand. Let's go find out why, like she's been plotting this since, you know, episode two of the season mm-hmm. of what is going on with this guy? Why is he not coming home? Yeah. So, so the, the last question I have about her though, uh huh. she just kind of like teleports out of there. Sure. Cause she's got her ship out there and you know, she's not blocking the signal anymore. She can just go. Did she? I, oh, I guess she did fly in on her ship. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's what it was? Or unless she just morphed her own body into a ship flying through the universe. I don't well, well, know. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I, I'm just thinking from the teleporting perspective, like my initial reaction was, oh, they have more power than I think they do. Yes, they do. I think she, I think there was a cloaked, probably a cloaked Jim Hadar ship, honestly, out there. And that that's what was waiting up there for. Her. OK, you know, they were keeping tabs. Um, and she because she, okay. she didn't say that, beam me up or tap anything. She just disappeared. Right. Exactly. Well, well yeah, I, I mean, they have different technology. I wouldn't expect them sure. to. But, that, but that's true. Like the Gem, Gem Hadar could kind of 
phase mm-hmm. in and out like that. Yeah. So I, I guess that makes enough sense. Cause I, but like, I was trying to figure out like, okay, it, like if she could just do that naturally, that, that was my first thought was like, she's showing off mm-hmm. and she can just teleport herself. I'm like, wait, does that mean Odo can do that or learn to do that or something like that? Like that would be another twist. Mm-hmm. I feel, but I like your explanation better. That makes more sense with what we know. There you go. All right, let's talk about Nog. Let's finish this side up. Yes, sir. So yeah, we find out. Well, okay. Cisco kind of goes at him and kind of, kind of, kind of because, because it's all an act. And like, I, uh-huh. I got that vibe from the beginning. Obviously Nog's not going to pick up on that. I think Nog is actually older than I think he is, mm-hmm. but actually, do you know how old he's supposed to be? Who Nog? Yeah. And I suppose that could vary for, I, I, I think he's supposed to be right around Jake's age. So 15, 16 years old. Okay. So, so not quite like the 18 that, you know, I said like humans become quote unquote, become adults when they're 18. Right. Cause I like, I guess I had that in my head this whole time, but a little bit younger would make more sense to me because mm-hmm. like he just has it in his head that this is what I want to do. And so when people are standing in my way, you know, this is how I'm going to react. I'm going to get a little bit defensive. I'm going to do all this stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's honestly the reaction that Cisco was hoping for. Right. He wanted to get him on his, uh, back on his heels and, and get the truth out of it. And like, I could tell like going from Cisco's first test mm-hmm. to a straight up hardcore. No, I'm not doing this for you. was a little bit too much of a jump. Right. Sure. Now Nog didn't have all the behind the scenes info that we did. Mm-hmm. And so I, I completely understand why he reacted the way he did. I think we also understand human nature a little bit more like we as viewers mm-hmm. more so than what Nog as a Ferengi would understand human nature because sure. when, when we look and we see what's going on, cause you're right. We got all the, all the behind the scenes stuff, mm-hmm. but we also sit there and go, he's testing me. Like, like you, you've got to show him why, because, because Cisco has a legit concern and legit reason to not recommend Nog to, to the Starfleet Academy. Yeah. You've had trouble in school. You've been in trouble with the law yep. this whole time. I've known you, you, you know, not great stuff. Although there's been some good positive stuff, but still that's not enough. I can't recommend you for the Academy because it's going to be really, really tough. I need to know why you want to go. Yep. That's the, I need to know why. And I need to know the truth. Why do you really want to go? Does your, this is what we know as humans. Does your desire to go do this? Does your motivation, is that going to carry you through when this gets really hard? Cause it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. You're going to come up with a lot of adversity and something has to push you through. And if you're not ready for that, then I can't, no, I'm not going to recommend you. Yep. Right. We know that not, not so much, Yeah. you know? So the, and we watch Cisco kind of putting him through these paces, putting him through these tests, yeah. mostly just to see how he'll react. Oh yeah. Trying he, to get to he, that bottom he's, line. He's putting the pressure on mm-hmm. and saying, okay, what, when it comes down to it, what are you going to do? Are you going to back down? Mm-hmm. I like what Aaron Eisenberg had to say about this scene. I want to read a quote from him. All right. Uh, by the way, this scene specifically was Aaron Eisenberg's. It was his favorite moment as Nog. Okay. He said he, th- it was his personal, like when he looked back on his time as Nog, this was the scene, like this was the one he liked the most. Here's what he said about it. He said, Avery Brooks was awesome. He has such a presence. There's a power behind his eyes. How can I explain it? He gives you, uh, he gives to you when he looks into your eyes, he doesn't just look at your eyes, but he looks in your eyes and feeds you. That was a scene that we had rehearsed. But as soon as we shot it, he unexpectedly 
literally grabbed my shoulders and said, tell me, Nog, what is it? And it was awesome because it forced me to come up to that level. I didn't back down and I blurted out because I don't want to end up like my father. He is so professional. That was my favorite scene. It finally gave me as an actor something to really think about and to deal with. It was emotional and we really got to see the heart of Nog. Also as an actor, I had to really come from a place and not just be on the surface. I was very well prepared when I did it. I didn't have any problems with the lines and I was very proud of myself for that. The idea that that they had rehearsed the scene, they had gone through it, but it mm-hmm. wasn't until they shot it that that's when Avery Brooks as an actor made the choice to grab Nog by the shoulders and yeah. get in his face. And it forced him to come up to that level and bring that performance out of him. Like that, that's just a cool little behind the scenes tip yeah. on how that I, unseen unfolded. I, 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 I like to hear about that, but I, I mean, when he did that, I, I, I had my doubts. I'm like, Ooh, did he just push him a little bit too far do you, there? Do you think he crossed the line? Cause that's yeah. been another topic of conversation on multiple podcasts that I've heard out there. Sure. Is did he cross and, the line? And, and like, I mean, I think that's a little more, bit more ingrained in us today with mm-hmm. today's culture and the things we see and the things we hear about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just like, as soon, like as, as soon as he touched him, I'm like, Oh no. And then he like grabs him and shakes him a little bit. I'm like, Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't sure where this is going, but it, it, it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. I see it. It worked. Like it, it, it worked for the shot. It worked mm-hmm. for both actors. It sounds like it, it and, brought out the real reason why Nog wanted to go. And it, mm-hmm. and it gave Aaron this great thing to just feed off of as he to use yeah. his words. Yeah. Uh, I, I liked it. And I got to tell you as a child of the nineties, as a kid who was Nog's age during the nineties, um, this, this would not have had the over the line step that we would tend to think about it today as we record this particular yes. podcast. V- very much so. And, and, and it, would, that's, it did not have that same weight back then. Exactly. That, yeah. that, that's what I'm saying. Like that, that's just commonplace. That's mm-hmm. whatever back in the nineties, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm obviously viewing this with today's eyes. Sure. Because and what so he, did, what he it, didn't it do differently, he didn't hurt him. He didn't injure him and he was doing it for his betterment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like and, that, and, that and, would have been they, very acceptable back then. Yeah. They're not, it, it's not like they were actually alone in a room together either. What do you it's mean? It's not like he, he was, I mean, I mean there, there are other people on stage, right? You mean, you mean as actors or do you yes, mean as, as characters? Okay. Yes, as actors. Sure. Yeah. yeah. There's um, tons of other people. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, th- this isn't behind closed doors. I'm going to beat you up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, this is, we're acting, we're getting this scene, right? Right. The fact that Avery Brooks surprised him by doing it. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Uh, like, I, I mean, I want to hear that, that story from Avery Brooks side. Sure. And, and see, okay, when did you have the idea to do this? Was it just in that moment you were so into that scene, it felt right? Mm-hmm. Or did you get that like the second time through and realize, you know what? I'm going to save that. Mm-hmm. Save that for when we actually record. Not, I'm mm-hmm. not going to do it in rehearsal. I think it'll play off better if I, if I just throw it in later. How many takes did they do it where like... Like that first time's a surprise, but if you have to do take after take after take after mm-hmm. take, you know, how well, many times I, did that happen? But, but, uh, well, knowing how they 
can and do mm-hmm. cut together episodes like that. I mean, regardless of how many times they shot it, I would put money on that. The, the, the close up shot we get of him actually being grabbed is the very first time. Sure. Even, even if the, the dialogue surround before and after is from different takes, mm-hmm. I, I, I would put money on that when he grabs him, that was the first time sure. because that's going to get the best reaction from Nog. Sure. And it did. And it, it, mm-hmm. it worked. It worked. And Nog says, I don't want to be like my father. Yeah. That, that is such a pure sentiment. I see where my father has gone and I don't want to be like that. And this is my way out. Starfleet is my hope for the future. And now yeah. that's a Star Trek message through and through, right? Starfleet's my hope for the future. This is my way out. Yeah. I, I mean, and I, I love that Nog didn't really tear down his father. Right. Yeah. Good call. He, good point. He's like, he, he made a very good point out of Rom is a mechanical genius. Mm-hmm. And he could have been a chief engineer on a starship, mm-hmm. but he kind of got sucked into or made the decision to, as I said it before, stay with the family business. Mm-hmm. And he feels that his father is basically being held back at this point. Yeah. It's like he he knows his father doesn't want to be going down the path he is, but you know, now it might be too late in a mm-hmm. sense. And so he, he feels he is very much like his father. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't want to go down that path. So yeah, I like that, that whole scene there. I, I, I love, like I said, this whole B plot could have been the A plot it's more interesting than the A plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then they finish it off with Quark, obviously trying to forbid Nog from joining Starfleet, but come on, mm-hmm. he doesn't have that power. He's just his uncle. Right. And I'm glad that Rom kind of takes a stand mm-hmm. for once and says, no, no, he's my son and I'm proud of him. He's, he, he can go. Mm-hmm. Like I have a feeling even if Rom would have tried to stop him, it, we'd still see Nog heading off to Starfleet unless there was some weird stipulation like Nog needed or Rom needed to sign off on something or something like that that he couldn't get him to do. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, it was happening. And I'm glad yeah. Rom's on board. Yeah. And love seeing Rom finally, finally stick up uh, for himself. And, and that may be something else that we continue to watch as we go forward. Sure. All right, Matt, that's it. That's an episode. Heart of Stone in the books. Matt, I'll put it to you. I think I know your answer to this, but here's the official question. Did you like this episode? Would you want to watch it again? Do you understand why this was part of our very limited run here at Beam Me Up? I believe I understand why it was part of the run. I mean, I I have a feeling we're going to watch the bulk of the founder-centric episodes fair that would be smart so that that makes sense to me there and i mean even the kira odo storyline which i may not be a fan of like i said i think it's not going away anytime soon so Mm -hmm. uh that may be a thing as well but yeah it kind of covered this not really my favorite episode i i I have the information now that the kira odo thing is enough to keep me away as much as i love love nog and what he's doing like I don't really want to rewatch the rest of it. So, yeah, I got to be honest. Um, I when really looking at why this episode is in. It, it's not because it's my favorite episode and it's not because I think we get particularly great performances out of either Odo or Kira. Mm-hmm. Mostly to me, this has to do with Nog and you needing to really see the genesis of this story, because this is going to be this is going to be a new thread we follow with Nog for a while. We're going to see what, awesome. what happens here. Um, Glad to hear that. This isn't a one off type thing. But, like, I, yeah, I was a little bit worried 
because it was a B plot. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. So it, it was good. But then also there's the, the shapeshifter aspect that comes back into this mm-hmm. uh, and exactly how devious and how ingrained, like how much research they, they have been able to do and been able to pull off. Yeah. So um, that, that's really what this episode was about. And we'll certainly get back to more, more shapeshifter shenanigans (laughs) here uh, really in the not too far future. Okay. One more note that I want to give you that I, I thought this was great. Robert Hewitt Wolf, the the writer producer guy we talked about, I think it was la- a couple of weeks ago. Last time we did a, a Deep Space Nine episode um, on Nog's storyline in this particular episode, Robert Hewitt Wolf says, it sort of struck me one day after this episode that out of Wesley, Jake, and Nog, the only one who would really become a Starfleet officer and stand on the bridge and say engage 20 years from now was going to be Nog. <laughs> Those other two guys weren't. And there was a nice irony about that. And some, they felt like they could do something cool with that character moving forward. Uh, especially after Jake said he didn't want to enter into Starfleet after that was, that was a thing that they'd written. Yeah. So uh, I liked that, that sort of thought of comparing those three youngsters to each other. All right, Matt, would you like to know what our next episode is? That would be useful. All right. Well, we are going to be flipping back over to Star Trek Voyager with an episode called State of Flux. And I have one extra viewing episode here from Deep Space Nine season three. I would like to give you before we come back to Deep Space Nine. It is an episode called Through the Looking Glass. I'll give you a little bit of taste of what this particular episode is about. Cisco is a, is abducted by Mirror O'Brien and brought back to the Mirror Universe to pose as the now deceased Mirror Cisco as the Terran uprising against the Alliance is kicking off. And so it's a Mirror Universe episode. Okay. I'll say this, Matt. I debated whether this episode should be in our run like a lot. This is probably the best of all of the mirror universe episodes that, that deep space nine does. There's, there's several of them out there. Um, I like this episode a whole lot. I debated whether or not to show you this episode or crossover, which was the first one where they went into the mirror universe. And I opted to show you crossovers and say, Hey, the mirror universe is a thing. Mm -hmm. We're not going to follow this storyline. Like this could be a whole story. Like just, just do the mirror episode storyline as you go through. That could be a whole series uh, of episodes. We're not going to follow that. So we're not going to watch this episode. I do like, and the only reason I, I would give you this episode after that would just be because I like it and it's, it's not a bad episode. Um, but I, I can't justify it in the run overall, you know, the mirror universe is out there and that it's interacting and that it's a thing in deep space nine. And that's enough. Uh, you, you don't need more than, than what you've already got. So I'll give you that one. If you want to watch it, maybe we'll do it for our Patreon page over there. If you guys want to go out there and check that out, find all these extra viewings that Matt's doing, uh, or at least some of them, uh, (laughs) go over to (laughs) patreon.com slash beam me up pod. And you guys can check out everything else we have over there. Well, Matt, that's going to do it for us this week here at beam me up folks. Remember, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do that by emailing us to beam me up pod at gmail.com head over to beam for more ways to connect. And please on your podcasting app of choice, leave us a rating and review. If that is possible, Matt, where can the folks out there find you on the internet? You can find me both on Twitter and now Instagram at as a matter of Matt. And if you guys want to get in touch with me, you can find me at Brent Allen live across all the social medias. I'd love to connect with you there as well, too. Until next time, folks, live long and prosper.